Praise God. You ready for the word this morning? You ready to hear from heaven? So you gotta come, you gotta come prepared and ready to hear. Otherwise, you're gonna miss what God has to say. You know, we don't want to we I I my prayer is that we don't ever come to church and uh not and not come expecting to receive. Because if you come and you just you don't have an attitude one way or the other, well, you're probably not gonna get anything. Or very much. And what happens if, if that happens? Well, your life's not going to be changed. You won't be better off today than you were, than you were yesterday. But see, that's what, one of the reasons we, we come and meet as a body because the Lord shows up, and what He does is He ministers to us through, and, and through us His will, His Word, and He gives you revelation. That, that, what, that does what? That makes your life better. See, as a, as a believer... Our lives should be getting better and better and better, not, not staying the same, the same, the same, or even getting worse and worse and worse. That's not the life of a believer. If, if that's what's happening in your, in your life, you're in rebellion. You're rebelling against the things of God because you're not, and I don't mean you're outright just saying, I, 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 don't, I don't believe that. You're just not doing it. And that's, that's rebellion if you're not doing it. That's, that's really rebellion. Amen. Glory to God. Well, let's open up our Bibles here to John chapter 17. John 17. And uh, I know we went there in the past. We're going to go back again. But we're going to go a little bit different route today because I want to talk to you. The title of today's message is uh, Faith and Healing. Faith and Healing. The two go, to, the, the two go together. Because if, if you're going to get healed, you're going to have to have some faith. All right? And we can, we can take that word uh, healing and, and uh, you can use the word saved. All right? Delivered. Uh, answered. Prayers answered. You're going to have to have faith. You're going to have to know how. You're going to have to know how heaven operates. The ways of heaven. See, if you, don't, if, if you don't understand the ways of heaven, how heaven operates, Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of, of God and, 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 and his righteousness. Then all these other things will be added unto you. So what, what he was basically saying, find out how heaven operates. Find out the ways of heaven. Because if you find out how, how, how heaven operates, then you can receive. But a lot of people don't receive because they don't know how heaven operates. John 17, and when we look here at this scripture, I want you to say something about Jesus. You know, this is at a point in time where Jesus is, is nearing the end of his ministry. All right? He's getting ready to do what? He's getting ready to go to the cross and go on home. Right? So Jesus knows this. And when that time comes, and really, you can look at the life of a, when I say this, don't take it personal or against anybody, anything, that anyone that you know, because it's not, it doesn't mean everybody. I'm talking about a spiritually minded person. When it comes to the end of their life, they start choosing their words wisely. Why? They know the, the, they know the ends here. 
All right. So they want to leave something, um, a nug nuggets of wisdom, per se. So that what because they know they know they're they're not long here. So this is kind of the context that Jesus says this in uh, verse eight. He says, "For I have given unto them the words which you gave me, and they have received them." and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. Notice what he says that he gave us. He gave us what? The words. He doesn't say, I gave them the miracles. Right? I didn't give them the supernatural manifestations. I mean, those, those happen, but notice what he says. He says, I gave them the words that you gave me, Father. Why? Because words are containers. We talked about this in the recent messages. Words are containers of what? God's power. God's power. See, and that's why, you know, that's one of the things we learn here that from Jesus is when he prayed, what did he pray? He prayed the word of God. He didn't pray, he didn't pray out of his flesh. That's why a lot of people don't, don't receive because their prayers don't have any scripture in it. Oh God, I, I want you to do this, I want you to do that, I want you to do this, help this and help that, blah, 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 blah. And all it, it's just rubbish. Why? It doesn't have no scripture. It doesn't have God's word in it. James said it this way. He said, you have not because you ask not. And when you do ask... You, you don't ask it the right way. You ask because what you're basically going to do with it is you're going to use it for yourself. Jesus said, don't be like the Republicans that stand up before everybody and recite prayers, but they, they, they don't mean anything. There's no power there. None. There's no power at all. He said, don't be, don't be like them. But when you pray, address the Father, our Father, who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Holy is thy name. All right? We're not just empty in our gut of things that we need or what we would like to see come, but we're, doing some, we're taking some time to research. We're, we're spending some time in God's Word. You know, back then when Jesus is teaching the disciples this, they didn't have the New Testament. They had the Old Testament. That's what, that, that's what they had to go back and, and research. Look, today, we not only have the Old Testament, we got the New Testament. But there was something very uh, informative the Lord spoke to me this week. And, uh, you know, I've asked over the past many years this question. But God answered the question this past week. He said, in general, not just me, but he said, in general, my people ask, why, why don't we see the miracles that we used to see? I, I, I'd ask that question. Lord, how come we're not seeing the miracles today that others have seen in the past? And I'm not talking about thousands of years, I'm talking about maybe 50, 100 years ago. 
He said, there's more revelation today than at any other time in history. You've got God's word at your fingertips in every direction. You, you, you go back 100 years, 75 years, you had the Bible. Then you had the local church, the church you went to. You didn't have, you didn't have the ability to go to 10, 20 churches. You didn't have the ability to go online and listen to uh, 50 sermons a day. You didn't have the ability to download um, a, a revelation or word meanings from the Bible so you could find out exactly what they meant and what they were really saying. You just had your Bible. And back then, usually, you just had the King James Version with no notes in it at all. He said, but today, I've given out more revelation is available for my people today than at any other time in history. And he said, there's a price that comes with that. With greater revelation, there's more responsibility. See, we see things that others, and we understand things that people in history, they never, they never got it like we're getting it. So why aren't we seeing the miracles? Because we're not following directions. We've been given clear, concise, and precise directions, and we're not following them. People 50, 75, 100 years ago, they had to live by faith. That's all they had. I mean, that's all they had. We can look it up. We can look it up in our Bible, or one of our many Bibles that we have, we can go online, download another Bible, look at there, we can go online, listen to a message. And then what usually winds up happening is we make it the way we want to see it. We don't listen on the inside of what God's saying. So when we're expecting a miracle... We don't see it come to pass because we don't see what, God, what the Lord said. He said, I have given them the words. The words. What words? God's word. He said, I have given them the words which you gave me. Notice he, he didn't say, I gave them my words. He said, Father, I gave them your words. <laughs> We see in Scripture that Jesus said, I can do nothing except I, I hear the Father say it or I see Him do it. So everything, how Jesus operated, He operated by what He heard from the Father or what He saw the Father doing. Hello, there should be lights going on. If He did it that way, we should do the same thing. Yet a lot of people, a lot of Christians, I, say, I should say, Christians, when I'm in discussions with them or talking with them in, in various different levels, when I talk about what's the Lord telling you to do, they look at me like, uh, I don't know. 
you're already in trouble. Because you're, you're, you're going to do something. And here's how a lot of people, this will help you if you get this revelation. If not, and you don't want help, this, well, it don't matter anyway, because you're, you're not going to get it. Here's what we do. We decide to do something. New job, new home, new car. And after we do it, or we are in the midst of doing it, then we ask God to bless it. And it blows up on our face. Why? It's not God's plan. You're asking God to bless your plan. He don't operate that way. He's already said, my ways are not your ways. They're not. My thoughts are not your thoughts. So guess what? I got to get, get rid of my thoughts, and I got to get rid of my ways, and I need to hear from heaven what he, how he says to do it. I've seen people come and go in here, and every time, everything the Lord has said about them has come to pass. They won't listen. It ain't me, because they're not rejecting me. I get, I, I, I got that revelation a long time. They're rejecting God. I won't say who, but I, I've seen people come in here and get mad at God because he said something through me, which I didn't even know I said, because it was by the Holy Ghost. And they left the church. Today they got a whole bunch of health issues. A whole bunch of them. That's not God's will. And it didn't just happen with here. It's not because of here. It happened because that was a condition of their life. They had got so used to doing things their way and having their way, God had to take his hand off the situation. See, and God will do that with you because you don't recognize the power of his words. Remember, Jesus is going to the cross. What he's saying here at the end is very of utmost importance. And we need to take it that way. Go to Acts chapter 10. Look here in Acts chapter 10. Because there's something that happens when Jesus came. All right, he came for what? He came for covenant people. He came for the Jews. Right? He came for Jews. But the, the Jews rejected him. They didn't, they didn't recognize him and see him as a king. You know, I was talking, we were, I was teaching last night out of Isaiah 53. I said, most, most rabbis will never teach from Isaiah 53. Why? Because when you read Isaiah 53, they say it gets their people confused because they think it's talking about Jesus. Duh, big red truck. It is talking about Jesus. It is talking about Jesus. But one of the things it says we, 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 in Isaiah 53, and I'm paraphrasing it right now, but it said, we did not recognize his comeliness. He did not look like a king to us. He will not look like a king to us. Because Isaiah is prophesying this. So when Jesus came, how did he come into Jerusalem? 
He didn't come on a big white uh, 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 horse, all right, with swords hanging by his side and, and surrounded by troops. He came in what? On the, on the back of a donkey. Riding it. No weapons. Just his garments on. He didn't look like a king to them. Right? He didn't look like a king. Now when he comes back the second time, he's going to look like a king. But you know what? When you, if, if you're here and you see him there, it's not going to be good for you. Because he's come back to, to take it all back. Those that are, that are here, it's not going to be a good time. Because you're going to go through some things. But in Acts chapter 10, you there with me? I think I gave you enough time to get there. Um, Peter is sent, to the, is sent to the Gentiles because, what, the Jews have rejected him. God's going to give the covenant to Gentiles because, what, they, up until this time they had no covenant. They had no, they had no right. In verse 33 it says, Immediately therefore I sent to thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come. Now therefore are we all here present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him, all right, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted of him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus. That word I say unto you now, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. So let's back up here, verse 31. It says, And he said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard, and thine alms are had, are had in remembrance in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa, and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter. He's lodged in the house of one Simon, a tanner by the sea, side who when he comes, he shall speak unto thee, what? The word of God. What got Peter there? Notice what the angel says to Cornelius. Your alms. What's, what's his alms? Your giving. Cornelius, a man that loved God and didn't even have a covenant with him. He was not a covenant person. But Cornelius, a Gentile, loved God and he gave finances to the church. He gave finances to God. So what did God do? God saw that Cornelius had given to him, so he sends Peter to Cornelius' house to do what? To give him words. To give him the words that Jesus had received from the Father. Containers. Containers of what? The power of God. See, when you just speak your own words... And I'm talking non-scriptural words. And that's all you're speaking. There's not, a lot of, there's not very much power there. But when you take the word of God and you apply it to a situation, 
You know, I can stand here and say all day long, Lord, I know it's your will to heal me. And I, I know you have healed me. How long will that take me to get healed? I don't know. But I can stand here and say, Lord, I know your word says that by his stripes I was healed. If I use that method, I'm going to get healed a lot faster. I'm going to receive my healing. I'm going to see it manifest, let's put it that way, a lot faster if I use the word of God as opposed to my, just my own words. My own words might get me there, but it may take 10, 20 years. I don't know about you. I don't want to wait a long time for the manifestation of healing. All right? When God's going to bring you into more in your life, When God brings increase into your life, He's going to bring words. He's going to give you words to speak. You know, back in Daniel, Daniel was praying. Matter of fact, just flip back there real quick. Daniel chapter uh, 10. Daniel 10. 10. And verse 12, an angel shows up and he says, Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you did set your heart to understand and to chasten yourself before God. Now there, there's a revelation right there. Notice what Daniel did, the, the angel said to him. From the first day that you did set your heart to understand. So he set his heart to understand what God was saying to him and also to chasten thyself before the, the Lord. What was he doing? He was removing the beam that was in his eye so he could help and remove the speck that's in somebody else's eye. He was open to that. See, a lot, of, a lot of times, believers, they're not open to, to being corrected from God. I, I've seen it day in and day out. It's unbelievable. We all want to talk about everybody else, what all these other people are doing to And most of the time, it's, it's unbelievers that are doing it. Well, the unbelievers can't help it. They don't believe. We've got to quit going to our jobs and complaining about our, our jobs Complaining about how much we get paid? You're, you're the one that agreed to those terms when you took the job. All right? Well, but it's unfair, Pastor. It's, it, no, you agreed to that when you took the job. That's not the way you see change. You're just like the world. But notice what Daniel did. It says, from the first day that you did set your heart to understand. Notice there was a change in his heart. How long, how long did he do this before the angel actually showed up? We, the Bible doesn't tell us. It could have been months. It could have been years. I believe it was a way of life. He had done, he had done it for such a long time. He says, you set your heart to understand it and to chasten yourself before the, for thy God. Your words were heard. And I have come for your words. 
What words? The words that Daniel was speaking of God. From a changed heart. From a, from a, a heart that was open to receiving correction. I remember the story, I heard a story here a while back about a, 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 a woman that throughout her life, God had been speaking to her some things and just given unctions about making some changes in her life. Nothing really major, just all along the way, God gives course changes for us. And she didn't really pay attention. And she got into her late 60s. And she came down with a terminal illness. A terminal illness. She was dying. And nothing was going to change it. And it, affected, it, had, it had affected her faith. And one of the last words she told this pastor was, she said, I regret not listening to God and doing what he said. So a lot of times what happens, the reason why good Christians die is because throughout their life they, they, they don't receive the chastening of the Lord, the correction. And a lot of times we think of chastening and we think of God, you know, kind of just really putting a whip into us. No, sometimes it's just small things. God says, don't, you know, like what the Lord said to Brother Hagin. The Lord told Brother Hagin years ago, he said, quit drinking Cokes. That didn't make Cokes bad for everybody. Well, you since kind of have learned that they're not real good for everybody. But God knew that Brother Hagin's body, if he kept drinking Cokes, he was going to leave this planet before his time. Well, Brother Hagin put the Cokes down. He, he quit drinking them. So a lot of times, God's chastening to you isn't really, a, a, you know, you wouldn't look at it as a, as a severe thing. But it, it could be along the lines, watch how you eat. Cut back on sweets. Cut back on this. Quit talking bad about your neighbors. Quit talking bad about your spouse. Quit pointing out everybody's bad things. Start working on yourself. Get the beam out of your eye before you go to, to get the speck out of somebody else's. So there are little things like this, and what we do is we just kind of move on past them. Why? We, we don't think that they're that big a deal. Right? I mean, we've all, let's face it, let's be honest, we've all done that. God's spoken to us things over the years, and, you know, he said things, you know, you need to quit doing this or watch doing that. And we don't think anything big of it, but, you know, we maybe do it for a little while, and then next thing you know, you're back to doing the same old thing that you used to do. So what happens? When you need a miracle, it's not there. Why? Because your faith's been affected. Your faith ain't working. The Bible says faith cometh by what? Hearing. And hearing what? The Word of God. Notice what it says. Faith comes by hearing. But what are you hearing? The Word of God. Doesn't say faith comes by what you heard from the doctor. It doesn't say faith comes by what you've heard from your banker. You know, if you've got financial problems. Doesn't say faith comes by hearing what the credit card company said about your account. 
it says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So how much, should we, how much attention should we give to the things of God? We should give a lot of attention to them, shouldn't we? We should pay more attention to what God's saying. Right? I, I remember the story, and a lot of times when it was in services, not that I was in a lot of services with him, but there were several, I mean, I'd say on one hand I can count it, it's four or five services I was in with Dr. Dufresne. And about half them services, he gave the testimony about him learning about communion. And he said this, he said, when he was young in the church, and he, I think he had just started serving God, and he had been maybe a few years. Because well, if you know him, you know the story. He got saved, and then he um, started out just cleaning the toilets in the church. A worldwide ministry started cleaning toilets. It's Revelation. All right, so he'd been there for a while, and he, moved, he be, had become the deacon in this church. And as they would do in their traditional services, when they had communion, all the deacons would stand at the altar with the elements in their hands. And Dr. Dufresne said this. He said he was standing there one day, and he said, he said, Lord, I really don't understand what communion is about. He said when, when he said that, that particular day, he had a vision. He said the whole ceiling in that church changed, and he saw Jesus on the cross. He's having a vision. right? With all these people, he's having a vision. And as he stood there, he watched. Jesus was on the cross, and he said, then these words start coming to him. He said there were different types of sickness. And every time the words would hit him, his whole body would, would jerk and shake. And he's on the cross. And he said, the words started coming faster and faster. And, and they were big words. He said, there were words, I, he said he couldn't even pronounce. All these different things, all these different sicknesses, all these different things were hitting his body. And every time they would hit his body, again, his body would jerk and shake. And after a while, it, the words became, they were coming so fast, he said, you couldn't even read the words. And then a revelation come to him. He took him. He took him. He said what, what communion was about was remembering that Jesus took him. That's why Paul... It, it, it talks in, in, in Corinthians, he said, when you come to receive communion, examine yourself. Are you coming up in faith? Are you, are you coming up believing that Jesus took whatever you have going on in your He's already paid the price for it. You, you don't have to pay the price for it. Paul went on to further say, he, he, he said, he said, for, this, for that reason, because you don't discern the Lord's body, many of you are sick and many of you have died. Why? You come and receive communion and you bring judgment on yourself because you don't, you don't receive it the way you need to receive it. Meaning, it, when, I, when we take communion, you are partaking of what Jesus did for you. You're, you're, basic, you're saying this. 
If I got sickness in my body, which I don't, but if I did, I would say, the sickness in my body can no longer stay here. I'm healed because of what he did. And as I take the elements, the bread, the cracker, whatever it is, represents his body. The juice represents his blood, which was, represents the washing away of all the sin in your life. That's why when you come up here, you don't just come up here and you don't come up and receive the elements and don't repent before. You know, we should, we should live a lifestyle of repentance. But if there's something that's, you know, I know this never happens to anybody here, but on the way to church, you should get mad at somebody. You need to repent before you come up here. It's not about whose fault it was. It has nothing to do with it. If you were out of line, you need to repent. All right? Why? Because words are important. Words are important. Huh. Go to, uh, let's go to Luke chapter 5. Luke 5. Talk about the ways of God, how God operates. Words are important. Faith is important. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Then he also says in Hebrews, um, that their faith didn't profit them because they didn't mix it with... Uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. The word didn't profit them because they didn't mix it with faith in them that heard it. There's got to be things that are mixed together in order for you to see it come to pass. It, one of them, it, you've got to have faith. You've got to mix faith with the word. What's faith? It, it, it's an action. Faith doesn't come by you asking God, God, I need more faith. Faith ain't going to come that way. Faith only comes by you hearing, and you hearing by the Word of God. So you go to a church, and they're not teaching the Word, they're not presenting the Word out there, they're not teaching you about faith. Faith ain't coming to you. You're just, you're just wasting an hour, two hours, or half an hour in church so that you can beat the Baptist down to the buffet. That's all you're doing. You didn't do, you, you didn't do yourself any spiritually good at all. See, and right now, it may not matter to, to people, but down the road, something's going to happen in your life, either to you or to your family, and you're going to need God, and you're going to say, well, man, I wish I'd have listened to the pastor when he was preaching. Now my child's in trouble, and, and, and we, need, we need God. And I really don't, I, I can't remember how to get a hold of him. Well, I'll just pray a prayer, and hopefully maybe he'll hear me, and he'll do something. But Lord, just bless my child. Next thing you know, you're having a funeral. And you're mad at God. It ain't God's fault. It's your fault. It's time to grow up, church. It's time to grow up. Quit, taking, quit pushing this stuff off. Get serious because God knows everything that's coming in your life and what's going to be there. And he's preparing you for it, whether you're listening or not. And, you know, there is people that are supposed to be here today that God wanted to heal. Now, where, where are they at? I don't know. That's... That's off me. God said he wanted me to talk about, teach about faith and healing. And, I, you know, I'll still minister to anybody at the end of the service if they need, if they need healing. But you know what? There's people, they miss God. Look here at Luke chapter 5. We're going to learn something here. 
It says that uh, in verse 15, but so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, speaking of Jesus. And great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Now notice the ways of God here. They came to do what? To hear and to be healed. Hear and be healed. We could say it this way. To hear and to be helped. Maybe you don't need, maybe you don't need healing, but you need help with something in your life. How are you going to get that help? You're going to have to hear first. So the, the people came to, to do what? Notice it says, they came to hear and to be healed. I remember Brother Hagin um, talking about in his services, and I've heard other ministers basically say the same thing. He, you know, he'd come and preach. for He might be in a city for a week or two weeks or even longer, but a lot of times he'd be there for a week and... Uh, He'd start like on a Monday night or a Sunday night, and he'd say, you know, I'm going to be here all week, all week, and then Friday I'm going to lay hands on people, and that's when we're going to have the healing service. He said, but if you're here all week, if you just keep coming, what will happen is uh, by Friday he gets here, you'll already be healed. Why? He had a revelation about hearing. But at a lot, at a lot of services, uh, he he'd said, you know, the Friday night service where he's going to lay hands on people, that'd be, the, that'd be the biggest turnout they have. They'd pack the church on Friday night. Monday through Thursday, you know, people would show up but not nowhere near as many. No telling how many people actually really got healed because there's the ways of God or what? Hearing and then be healed. If you don't hear... Chances are you're not going to get healed. Now, the gift of healing is in operation, which I've had that in operation in my life, you know, at least one or two times that I know of. Yeah, Lord. Lord says more than that. He told me that the other day. You're right. I asked for forgiveness because you did tell me that. He said, you had the gift of healing on you in several services here. Nobody come up. Nobody showed up. So it not only affected the people that were here that could have got something, but it, it affected the people that should have been here, that if they just showed up, got to heal them right on. When the gift of healing is in operation, you get healed whether you've got faith or not. You don't even need a lick of faith to get healed when the gift of healing is in operation. And when that gift is in operation, it means deliverance too. But those are exceptions to the rule. The normal way of doing it, you, you have to hear, and then you have to be healed. When you hear, and what's that hearing? Like I said, I alluded to that earlier. God's speaking to you all the time throughout your life, trying to get you to make corrections in your life. And, you, and, and we reject Him, and we don't listen, and we don't listen, and we don't listen, and you don't listen. And then something happens in our life, and we say, oh God, I need a miracle now. It's too late. I've said it myself, and I've heard a lot of other preachers say the, say the same thing. It's a lot of times it's easier to minister to unsaved people than it is to save people. 
It seems like sometimes you, you can have an unsaved person, you can have half the church be unsaved, come in here, and, and the unsaved people all get healed, or, or most of them get healed. The saved people come up and very few of them get healed. Why? Why is that? Because they're not hearing. They're not hearing. Again, we, we go back to greater revelation today than what they had 100 years ago. Greater revelation is given to you. So if you've got greater revelation, you've got more responsibility to respond. Right? You can't sit back and say, I didn't know. Well, yeah, you've got a lot of things to know. My people are destroyed for two reasons. Why? A lack of knowledge and because they reject it. A lack of knowledge and you reject it. Both of them will, will hurt you. It says in James, submit yourself to God. What's that submission? Doing it his way. Not doing it your way. Submit to God. Once you've submitted to God, then guess what? The next step is what? Remember? Resist the devil. You cannot resist the devil if you're not submitted to God. You can't do it. How does God bring correction in your life? Well, he, he'll speak to you individually, but a lot of times he'll speak to you through your pastor, the spoken word. And when God speaks to you through your pastor, your shepherd, you know, a lot of times he's saying things to you that, you know, while you're sitting there, I may say something that, that you know, I don't know anything in particular maybe that's going on in your life at that moment, because some of you, you're real good at hiding stuff from me. But you're not good at hiding stuff from the Holy Spirit. You can't hide nothing from Him. And so what happens is God's speaking through me to you, all right, and you are, you, you've got an inner witness that, oh, wow, that, <laughs> that's me. I need, to, I need to, well, no, I'm not going to. That's, that's exactly how it happens. You start to say, I need to, I need to, oh, I'm not going to. Here's where that winds up. It winds up in disaster down the road. Because the first half dozen, maybe dozen, or maybe a hundred times, or a thousand times it happens, nothing happens, does it? So you think, you know, I really don't buy into that. Because well, that, that word's come to me and gone and ain't nothing. You know, and I didn't do anything and everything's okay. Then one day, or as the Samaritan woman, the good Samaritan woman, on a certain day, a man of God come through town. But she was open. And she perceived that he was a man of God. Not because he's carrying a Bible. Not because he had the fish sign on the back of his donkey. But she was open. Right? She was open. Her whole life changed. That's a contrast of the good, but the contrast of the bad is God's speaking to you, and a lot of times he's speaking to you through your pastor, and you ignore what, he's, what, the, what God is saying through the pastor. You know, I know we've got mixed family here. I, I mean, I've got children, I've got a spouse. But see, you can't, my kids can't look at me as, this is just dad preaching. If you look at me as, this is just dad preaching, you're missing it. 
Because I'm not standing up here with my, dad, with my dad hat on. I'm a pastor today. This is God speaking through me. And if it's, if it's speaking to you, what I'm saying, you need to make, you need to make some changes. Same thing for my wife. She needs to make changes. If you don't, you're going to miss God. And later on, when you're in heaven, and you got that question of why this happened, you're going to say, I, I, I spoke to you many times. Here's one of them. Here's, here's three or four of them. I spoke right through your pastor. Oh, you mean my dad. That was your problem. Or my, my husband. That was your problem. You know, I've said this before. The reason why Pharaoh had that happen to him is because he didn't recognize the voice of God speaking through a man. Moses went to him and told him, look, let my people go. Let's get out of here. And everything will be okay. Just let us go. Well, the plagues came. It cost Pharaoh his, his firstborn son. He had to die. Why? Because he didn't recognize God speaking through a regular guy. What was he speaking? The words of God. Remember Moses, when he went to Pharaoh, he didn't go under his own words. Matter of fact, when, when God first called Moses, Moses said, hey, look, I, I, I'm not a good talker. I, I got a stuttering problem. He said, take your brother Aaron with you. He can talk. So I, I just imagine, he, he get in there for Pharaoh, Pharaoh, uh, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, uh, Pharaoh, Pharaoh. Aaron stand up and say, this is what he means. <laughs> I'm not making fun. I'm just saying he had a problem. He probably wasn't that bad, but you know, he had a problem. You got a, you got a speech impediment or you know, that kind of affects your 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 outlook on yourself. So Moses in the beginning had that, but you know what? As he got into it, it it, it went away. He no longer looked at himself. When God told him, go say this, he didn't even say anything about my brother. Did you know, ever notice that? He never said anything about, I can't talk well after that first time. Something happened in his, in his doing the word of God. See, and a lot of times that's what happens. You've got to hear, and then the healing comes. The help comes. That's the ways of God. Hear, then you're helped. Hear, then you're helped. Go to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs 4. Somebody asked Brother Hagin one time. said, Brother Hagin, let me ask you something. What do you do when you're just having maybe a, a down day or a down week or something like that? Because you know, he'd have down days too. Well, what, well Brother Hagin, he said, Brother Hagin, what, what, what do you do when that happens to you? Because no one's got to happen to you. I mean, you're, you're human. He said, well, that's just simple. He says, I just double up on my medication. Now listen, this is going to, be, this is going to give you some revelation here. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes, but keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Now, the actual word here for health is actually medicine in the Hebrew. They're medicine to all their flesh. 
God's word is medicine to your flesh. He said, give attention to my words. Right? You know, a lot, a lot of Christians I see, they give attention to what? Signs and wonders. Now, I, I know a brother in the Lord that that's all he talks about. Well, we went there and God showed up and God did this and God did that. Then we're going over here. I'm sorry, but see, the Bible says signs and wonders will follow you. The signs and wonders will only follow you when you give attention to his words. And I've seen people like that over the years, and they never really, they never really wind up doing anything. Why? Because after a while, you just get burned out of following signs and wonders. You're like, well, it didn't happen to me. What's wrong with me? Again, give attention to his words. Incline your ear unto his sayings. What, he's, what is he saying to you? Notice that last part. He says, incline thine ear unto his sayings. Well, aren't his words... His, yes, but it's talking, about, it's talking about the word of God. Give attention to his word but also incline your ear to what he's saying to you specifically. And sometimes that's on an individual basis, but it is also through your pastor because God is not going to call you out in service. God's not going to say, uh, look, Miss Sally back there, you know, you need to make change here. God don't do that. Now, there may be, a, there may be and I've heard of occasions where God specifically has had the pastor speak to people or individually, and he said to me to speak to people individually, and I've done it on the side, not, not in the open. And I'd like to say they listened all the time, but they don't. Why? Because they haven't inclined their ear unto his sayings. They don't recognize God speaking. And not that something bad happens the next day, or the next week, or the next month. Usually it's months or years before. Oh, God knows what's going to happen next year. I mean, there was a, prophet, there was a prophetic word that God gave at the, uh, the beginning of this year and the end of last year. He had me repeat it twice. And some people listened, some people didn't, and now they're in trouble. I remember a few years ago we had, we had a couple here that, that uh, God had spoke to them. Prophesied some things. I mean, prophesied a child to him. They had a child. Yeah. Their life's a mess today. They're in trouble. They're having, they're, they're having trouble in their life. I remember years ago, I had, had a guy that came here, and, and uh, he said, the Lord told me to make a covenant with you. Well, he said, does that bear witness with you? Well, God operates in covenants. He don't operate. God doesn't operate outside of covenant. He's a covenant God. He said, the Lord told me to come and help you and, and support you and, and blah, 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 blah. He said, does that? I said, well, yeah. Well, uh, I don't know, maybe a month or two into his short stay here, he started talking to me about some of the people in the church. He said, they won't be here. They'll be gone. Well, the first time he did that, the, the Holy Ghost spoke up inside, inside. I didn't say it. I just kept it to myself. The Holy Spirit said, they'll be here long before he is. And guess what? The Holy Ghost was right. 
I'm going to tell you something about the Holy Ghost. He's never missed it yet. And I'm going to take that yet out of it because he won't. He will never, ever, 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 ever miss it. When the Spirit of God says something, bank it. It's, 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 it's coming to pass. But if you don't know how to listen to him and learn to listen to him and give attention to his words, you'll miss what the Spirit of God's saying and what he wants to say. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I remember Brother Hagin talking about years ago, he, he said there was a wave of deliverance services that come through where he was pastoring. He said they'd have a getting free night. He said everybody, everybody would come to the church in that week while they were preaching on getting free. Then uh, that kind of had its ebb and flow, and he said, Six months, a year later, it was uh, get delivered. They'd have a get delivered service, and everybody just start pouring in, and and everybody come up to get delivered and get hands laid on. They get delivered. Then six months later, they have another service, basically the same thing. People getting delivered again, and called it just called it something different. And everybody in town would show up at you know at the church because hey, they're having the deliverance service. Let's go get them devils cast out of us. Well, this went on for a few years, and. One day, if you know anything about Brother Hagen, Brother Hagen, as he as he, temp, he he typically did in that day, he would he would go out and visit the people in the church. And he he was out this one per, person's uh, farm that day, and he was talking with the farmer, and they were going around talking, you know, basically farming stuff, tractor stuff, and all that. And as he was walking back from the field, Brother Hagen said he talked to the Lord. He said, "Lord, you know." We've had all these deliverance services. We, I mean, he said, we've been doing this for several years now. We've been having these deliverance services. Whenever you said to, you know, to, you know, to have them and uh, felt, you know, felt like people needed to be delivered, we'd have these services. and People come in, the house would be filled up, they all get delivered. He said, but you know what? I can't, I can't tell that they're any better today than they were at the very beginning. Now, what God said to him next changes everything. He said, Kenneth, the reason why that is is because you're trying to do by the Spirit what only my Word will do. Only God's Word will do. Only God's Word will do. There's, so, there's only so much you can do by the Spirit. Then it's got to be the Word. You know, y'all, well, y'all know I live kind of like on a farm, wannabe. It's a small farm. I was out giving the animals water. It reminded me of some things. Go out and some, you know, I get different size buckets because I get different size animals. You know, I got chickens, and the chickens, I don't want them drinking out of the big buckets because they fall in and drown. That's meant for the sheep, so I got little buckets for them. I'll put water in there for them so that they can get water. They don't get up on the big buckets. Anyway, you live out on a farm, and at night, you, you got insects that come out, bugs that come out. If there's light, 
shining around. You get a lot of bugs. And they'll fall down and do what? They get in the water. They get in the sauna. All right? So you come out in the morning, and next thing you know, you, you, you got bugs floating in the, in the water. So, you know, you might just sit there and say, well, and just reach in there and pull them bugs out. Well, you're not ever going to reach in and pull bugs out, because if you've ever done that, you know when you reach in the water and pull a bug out that's been floating in the water, it just disintegrates. So, you, you know, you don't want to do that. You don't want to touch the bug. So here's what you do. You take the water, you turn the water on, you put the water in the bucket, and the water will just flow in there, and it'll, and it'll flow, and all the pieces and the bugs will just flow out over the side. It's a lot easier. You don't have to touch the bugs. But here's something that really kind of, sh kind of shows you, though. A lot of times that's what people are doing in their lives. All the problems you're having in your life, you're trying to reach in and pick each one of them and get it out. And all that you're doing is just folding to pieces. What you need to do is you need to have a flow of the word, a washing of the water by the word of God. And the more of the word that you get in you, it'll take all that buggy stuff, crumbs and stuff, and it'll just cause it to flow over the sides. And all you have, and now you've got a refreshed mind. Again, what Brother Hagin said, the Lord told him, that's because you're trying to do by the Spirit what only my word will do. You got issues in your life? Again, Brother Hagin, we keep going back to Brother Hagin a lot today. He said, I just double up on medication. I'd speak the word twice as much as what I was before. Now, if you're not speaking at all today, you know, if you're really not on a regular basis speaking the word over your life, at least over your life every day, you, ain't gonna, you know, you, you gotta wait, you better step it up. You better get with the program. I'm just telling you, you need to get with the program. If you're not speaking, if you don't have, you know, and not that I'm going to do this, I wouldn't. But if, if somebody would come to you and say, hey, what scriptures do you speak over yourself? What would you say to them? Do you have any? I'd venture to say there's some Christians that don't. Why not? Here's why. You don't believe in the power of the word. Your believing is not right. Your thinking is not right. And you want God to do something in your life? You, got, you, 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 you want to believe God for, for help in an area? You want to believe God for healing? You want, change, you want good change to come to your life? You're going to have to make some changes in what you're saying you're going to have to make some changes in what you're receiving from heaven. Because when, God's, when, God gives, when God speaks to you, they're not just suggestions. All right? We're to give attention to his sayings. All right? That doesn't mean, you know, I, I know I need to lose weight, but I can't go out tomorrow and lose 50 pounds. If I do, I, I'm in trouble if I lose 50 pounds overnight. And God knows that. So what am I going to have to do? I'm going to have to make some changes in my life. I'm going to have to eliminate some things. And it's going to, it's going to take a while, yeah. Right? It's going to take a while. 
But if you don't start, you're never going to get there. Amen? If you don't, if you don't start, you'll never get there. There's, there's got to be a flow of the Word in your life to take all the impurities out and get them out, out away from you. But if you just sit there and you keep, you keep listening to what the devil's telling you, Jesus said, he said, you know, we, we mentioned it, with the same measure that you measure unto, what you, what you give unto others, it shall be given unto you. All right? The same measure that you give unto, well, how much measure are you giving to, to, to what the devil speaks to you? Are you listening to what Satan's saying to you? Because according to Jesus, if you're listening to what Satan's saying to you, it's going to be given, it's going to get, be given to you. How do you stop? You've you got to be speaking some of the things of God over your life. God didn't give me a spirit of fear. But of power, he get, you know, that's, that word's power is authority of love and a sound mind. So when somebody, when somebody says something negative to me and it happens, you know what? I, I'm, not, I'm not phased by it. But some of you, if, if somebody says something negative to you, you get, some of you get violent. Some of you just get angry. Some of you just lock up and you won't say nothing. That's not a sound mind. That's not a sound mind. A sound mind is one that's able to take bad situations and put them in the right category with God and go to the Word and say, okay, this is how I handle that situation. You don't fly off the handle, throw a fit, cuss people out. You're, Christians don't cuss people, okay? We don't use curse words. If you do, you repent. If you're, if you're a Christian, you repent. If you're not a Christian, you just go ahead and cuss them. Just, just go ahead and curse them. Because you're not a believer. Right? So you can go ahead and just, you can call them every name in the book. Don't recommend that, but you can. But as a, as a Christian, if I say something that I say, even sometimes you know, I say things of unbelief, and I'm like, oh, God, I can't believe I said that. i got to repent. Father, forgive me. I, I, I didn't mean to say that. I know I said it, but I, didn't mean, I don't mean it that way. I was wrong. I judged that. That was wrong. Guess what happens? Slate's white clean. It's clean because I repented over it. The blood of Jesus washes it away. It never had. In God's eye, it's not even there. So guess what? A week later, I shouldn't be going back and talking about it anymore. Some of you, you keep going back and rehashing stuff that happened uh, not only last week, but last month or last year or five years ago. That's not God. That's either coming from you, your flesh, or it's coming from Satan. You need to quit listening to him. What's in the past stays in the past. It stays in the past. You don't bring it to, to, to right now. Leave it there. Leave it there. You need a washing of the water by the Word of God. Go to Mark chapter 4. Mark 4. And we're, I'm going to close here. Mark 4. 
I alluded to this scripture, you know, we're going to go there. And I'm going to read to you from the Amplified. Matter of fact, Destiny, bring this up. Can you do this on the, on the computer? Mark 4, 4 out of the Amplified. And I want a couple verses. Well, several verses. Um, start with verse 23. If a man has ears to hear, let him be listening and let him perceive and comprehend. How many of you know he, that he's not talking about these ears here? He's not talking about these ears. He's talking about the ears of your heart. If you have ears to hear, if you have a heart to hear what God is saying to you, because let's just face it, most of the time when God's speaking to you, hey, it's not an audible sound, although it can be. Most of the time, it's in where? It's right in here in your heart. So he says, if any man has ears to hear, let him be listening and let him perceive and comprehend what God's saying. Now go to verse 24. And he said to them, be careful what you are hearing. Now let's just stop right there. Some of you, what you're hearing is the devil speaking to you. I, shut, I tell him to shut up. I'm not going to listen to what the devil's saying. Because what the devil's saying is a lie. Now the devil does speak to, through people to you just like God speaks to you through your pastor. The devil speaks to you through who? Unsaved people? Backsliding Christians? I've often said, you know, there's a difference between a backsliding Christian and one that's backslidden. What's the difference? The backslidden already knows they're in trouble, and as soon as they heard the word preached, they repent. A backsliding Christian, it has, the word has no effect on them initially. They keep on backsliding. They get just madder and madder and madder and madder till they hit the bottom. When's the bottom? I don't know. Okay. Be careful what you're hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who hear. So what, you're, what he's saying here, what you're paying attention to, there's more of that coming to you. So if you're going to dwell on all the negative stuff that's going on in your life, whether it's sickness or lack or what people did to you, guess what? You're going to get a download of more of that. Just put it in today's vernacular. But if, if you're careful to hear what you're hearing through the Word of God, and you say, no, no, I'm going to go and see, this is what the Word of God says about this situation. God said, he, he gave me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And I'm going to get a few other scriptures. That's what I'm going to meditate on. I'll go to Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He causes me to lie down in green pastures. Not pastures with thorn, bu thorn bushes and ticks and insects and uh, spiders and snakes. and That ain't what it takes to, to love him. <laughs> some of you get that. Some of you don't. All right? The measure of thought that you, that, and you study and you give to the truth you hear, 
it'll be measured to you of virtue. What is virtue? Virtue is truth and knowledge. That comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who hear. Go to verse 25. For to him who has will more be given. Here's a spiritual law. To him who has what? Good thoughts? More good thoughts will be given. Him who listens to the devil? More. More thoughts from the devil will come. And from him who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away. So if you don't, if you don't think about anything at all, listen to me. Listen to the word. Don't listen to me. Listen to the word. Yes, thank you, Holy Ghost. For to him who has will begin, and from him who has nothing, he don't listen to the devil, he don't listen to God. What is this? This is a self-centered person. I'm my own, you know, the world says it this way. I'm a self-made man. This is who this is talking about. A self-made man or a man or a self-made woman. From that person, even what he has will be taken away by force. God ain't going to take it away from you. Guess what? Who, guess who's doing the taking away from you? Satan. Satan. He's going to come take it away. God's not taking things away from people. The devil does, though. That's how he operates. See, but if, if you know the ways of God, if you know the ways of God, you know how to receive from heaven. You know how to hear from heaven. We've got to spend more time waiting on God and listening to what He has to say. Hearing the Word and then receiving help or healing. There's a process. There's a flow. It's hear and be healed. Hear and be helped. Hear and be delivered. You got an issue in your life? You got a word problem. You do. I mean, I, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just, this is, this is the truth. If we have a problem in our life, it's not, it's not so much that we have to fix. It's we got to fix the word problem. We need more of the word going in. Because the more the word we get going in, guess what's going to eventually start coming out of you? The word. I remember years ago, Brother Hagin saying, he said, I had a woman come up to him and she said, Brother Hagin, I want you to answer me something. How come all these bad things come out of me? It's a good question. You know what he told her? He said, because they're in you. Because they're in you. How you get them out? Put the word in. Put the word in. How long is it going to take? It, it, it varies from, 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 from person to person. You might be the type of person that you can say something five, ten times and it'll manifest. It may take you a hundred, five hundred, a thousand, a million. I don't, I don't know. None of us knows that. But the one thing that we need to focus on is the word works. But it doesn't work if you don't work it. If you do absolutely nothing, guaranteed, Satan will come take it from you. 
You know, if you're like the world says, well, if it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. That's why you have, and that's more what you're going to get, bad luck. Because there's, there's really no such thing as luck. All right? You're either blessed or you're cursed. So really what's going on is the curse is, the curse is working good in your life. That's why you don't have any good things coming to you. And Proverbs said it this way. I think it's Proverbs or Ecclesiastes. I can't remember which one. It may be Ecclesiastes. He said, you don't want to be like the heath in the desert. That when the, that when the goodness of God comes, you don't see it. You know, what's the heath in the, de- in the desert? It's some tumbleweeds. When good comes, they don't see it. Why? Because they're just blowing here and they're blowing there. They're not really attached to anything. Once they're, de- they're dead and that's it. They just flow wherever the wind takes them. See, a lot of people, they live their life that way. That's not the way of a believer. It's not the way of God. Amen? You get something today? Now stand up. Praise God.